Good morning. Thank you. All right, I've asked my son Asher to come and read our teaching text for today, but I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's word as we begin our message today. Asher's going to read for us. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from, a th- from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good evil person... No. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Luke 6, verse 43 through 45. Awesome. You can be seated. Yeah, thanks, Ash. Well, like we said before, it's family worship weekend, and so let me just say a word from the very beginning to all of you parents that have young children, that I've already had two that have sprinted up the aisle to go get drinks and come back. I've had one laying on the floor, kicking his feet, having the time of his life, coloring his little paper, and that is what we want in this place, that your kids feel comfortable, that they can stay in here. So uh, I just want to say right now, if there's any parents that feel like you get to a moment that maybe you just want to get in the car and leave, would you just stay here and be community? Um, there's, there is certainly a, a lot of evidence for moments in church when people would even come up when Jesus had people gathered and kids would come up and his disciples tried to shoo the children off. And what did Jesus do every time? He said, no, let the kids come to me. And so I think this is a beautiful moment for our kids to get to be here and uh, even hear a word. Uh, I know they don't get to do this very often. So um, what an honor it is to have our kids here. All right. Um, I am so excited to uh, share a word with you today. I don't get to preach very often. So if you're new here, I'll also just say, don't base whether you come back again on today's preaching. You should definitely come another week, but I am honored to be sharing a word with you today. So Asher read our text just a moment ago. Uh, The last line from that, what you say flows from what is in your heart. Um, I, I heard that verse as a kid, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that was the text that I felt like when I, when I really listened to the Lord on, on what I'd preach about today, that uh, that was the word I was going to preach from. So I actually have two things in common with the number one golfer in the world, and it is not my golf game. Um, one of the things I have in common with the greatest golfer in the world, his name is Scotty Scheffler, is that I love the show The Office. And Scotty Scheffler uh, is a big fan of The Office, but he's also a Jesus follower. He's a great guy. But I recently saw a video of them giving him a quiz of his office knowledge. And so uh, my dad sent me this video. I'm watching it. And I'm realizing as it goes that I'm getting like every single one right with Scotty. And I'm like, man, me and Scotty are bros. We both know The Office so well. And then uh, it hit me after I finished the video and I kind of thought for a moment uh, about this. How many of us can quote more lines from The Office than we can quote verses from our Bible? Uh, We shouldn't be surprised that many Christ followers today are offering a hurting world little more than a funny office quote or a movie reference, something from culture, a relevant meme in place of the words that give life. And that is one of the callings of those who follow Jesus is to offer more than what the world offers. So I was really convicted as I watched this silly quiz video that, man, I probably have filled myself with a lot of the office over the last several years. And it's obvious that that's what comes out of me in a lot of moments. Maybe it makes you laugh, but that doesn't mean that it's the best thing to come for me. Because true life is only found in Jesus. His words are life. And so I hope you hear one thing more than anything else from this message today. A heart full of Jesus is best because that is what spills out of us. 
Just like a glass that fills with water and starts overflowing, spills out the water inside, so will our hearts spill the contents inside, good or bad. That's what Jesus says here. Uh, But I also saw another sports video after I watched the Scotty video about that same week that I saw this. Uh, There was a viral video from my OU Sooners, the Lady Sooners softball team, who won their third national championship. I'm from Oklahoma. That's why I'm cheering for the Sooners. Um, And as they won their third national championship in a row, they sat down three of the best players from the national championship, and they asked them about their performance. And as they kept asking them about themselves, I want you to hear uh, just one of the girls. They all three shared something similar, but listen to what she said said when they asked her about her success playing in this national uh, championship game. My freshman year, I I was so happy to win the college. I've talked about this before, but I was just so happy that we won the College World Series, but I didn't feel joy. I didn't have, I didn't know what to do the next day. I didn't know what to do for that following week. I didn't feel filled. And I had to find Christ in that. And I think that is what makes our team so strong is that we're not afraid to lose because if it's not the end of the world if we do lose. Yes, obviously, we've worked our butts off to be here and we want to win. But it's not the end of the world because our life is in Christ and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, what I, yeah, what I loved about uh, these girls in this video is um, just the simple truth that when you're full of yourself, and people ask you about yourself, you talk about yourself. But when you're full of Jesus and people ask about you, you talk about Jesus. I think that's a beautiful truth for those who have filled their hearts with Jesus is that even though people may ask about you, what you actually are overflowing with and talking about time and time again is Jesus. And this comes from what Luke calls the overflow of your heart. Uh, Luke 6.45, the word flow in Greek actually means an overflow, an abundance, more than expected, excess. And so from the overflow, the excess, the abundance of what goes into your heart, your mouth speaks. So let's take a second here and do a little self-evaluation right off the top. So just think about your own life right now. What are you filling yourself with? Uh, One of the most elite athletes at my age is a man named Joey Chestnut. Um, Kids, how many of you in the room? Kids, listen to me. How many of you like hot dogs? Raise your hands, kids, if you like a good hot dog. Yes. Okay. How many of you like Twinkies? Like these Twinkies right here. How many kids like Twinkies? Yes. Okay. So uh, Joey Chestnut, this very elite athlete, he's uh, what you would call an elite competitive eater. And he actually has the world record right now for 76 hot dogs that's right, 76 hot dogs eaten in one, uh, one sitting. And last July 4th at Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition, he became the 15 times hot dog eating contest champion despite a ruptured tendon in his leg. What an athlete. <laughs> so here in a couple of days, we'll see if he can break his 76 hot dog record because he does it every July 4th. But did you know that he once ate 121 Twinkies in six minutes to set a world record? Yes. I want you to think about what he put into his body in six minutes. This is 16,940 calories, 1,936 grams of sugar, and 545 grams of fat in six minutes. 
Here's what I hope you see in this platter of Twinkies today. We are so full of entertainment, sports, hobbies, distractions that we are about to burst as a nation. And we would be foolish to think that this isn't affecting what's coming out. And if there's one thing I've seen in my moments where I've consumed way too much of the world, it's that a single good word from the Lord fills me like nothing else can. Have you experienced that yet in your walk with Jesus? That at any moment when you have felt so full of the world, even just one morning you wake up and you see the verse of the day, it feeds you like nothing else did the four hours of TV you watched the night before. And that's the hunger that I'm praying for this next generation. This is what I want for our students is a hunger for more and more of this because only this can satisfy like nothing else can. Um, and then the second thing I want us to do as we think about ourselves and look at ourselves is I wanna ask you what's coming out from us? What is coming out from you? You see, what's coming out of us is a direct reflection of what we are filling ourselves with, good or bad. Luke says our mouth is an overflow from what's in our hearts. And our mouth in this day and age includes the other ways we use our mouth, which today allows us to do that digitally in several ways, right? Your digital voice, your overflow can be spoken through social media. What's coming out in your social media? Texting, how do you text? Emailing, what's the way you reply to things in email? What's coming out of you in each of these ways that you communicate? But it doesn't just come out in our words. Our text from Luke actually has a kind of a parallel account in the gospel of Matthew, but Matthew shares this just a little differently than Luke does. So they share something very similar from what they heard from Jesus. But I want you to see what Matthew says in chapter seven of his gospel. He says, you can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. You see what makes you a good or bad person or a tree in this teaching from Jesus isn't the good or bad things you do, it's actually your heart because that's what's influencing what you do. That's where the good or the bad comes from is the heart. And so these sum up the fruit in your life. Luke emphasizes what you say and Matthew emphasizes what you do. And it all comes to this one question. Would those who encounter you casually Think about your sports teammates, your school friends, your coworkers, just casual friends, and those who know you on the deepest level, your family, your best friends, your small group, would those who know you casually and on the deepest level see good fruit coming out of you in all things, in the way you speak, in the way you act? I think a mark of deeper discipleship to Jesus is seeing what naturally comes out of you looking and sounding like Jesus. That's the mark of discipleship. So we looked at ourselves, uh, but I think more importantly, uh, we always have to look to Jesus. And so let's just look to Jesus for a moment together and see how he modeled this for us. What was Jesus putting in his heart? Well, we don't have his study regimen. He didn't give us that, but we know best what came out of him um, and scripture's clear about what this sounded and looked like. And so we can tell what he was putting in because of what we see coming out. So let's see uh, what came out of Jesus in word and deed. Um, right away when Jesus starts his ministry, it says that the Holy Spirit leads him out into the wilderness to be tempted. And so for 40 days and nights, he doesn't have anything to eat. And one of the first things that Satan does when he comes and meets him in this wilderness moment 
is he tests him and says, why don't you turn these stones into bread and you can have something to eat. And here's what Jesus, this is what comes out of Jesus in one of the earliest moments of tempting. He says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy 8, verses 3, because he had it memorized. Have you ever just thought about how simple that is, that Jesus actually memorized enough scripture that in so many moments in his ministry, that's what came out of him because that is what he had spent time putting in his mind and his heart all those years. He spoke a ton of scripture. Um, He's actually uh, quoting the Old Testament 49 separate times in the gospel accounts, if you don't count the repeats, when he uh, repeated something at the same time, or as a, uh, an account of the same thing happening. But there's actually a couple of verses that he repeated more than any others on separate occasions in the gospels. There were these two verses. One's from Hosea 6. It says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. He wants the heart. And then in Leviticus 19, he, he quoted this multiple times. He said, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow, a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Both of these verses are really about your heart. But Jesus wasn't just a bunch of talk. He didn't just go around uh, quoting memory verses to everybody. The things he did were always good and pointed people to his father. And so one of his closest friends was a man named Peter. And Peter tells us what he saw as he watched Jesus live his life on earth. And in Acts 10, he says to this man named Cornelius and some other people who were unbelievers, they didn't believe in Jesus, and they're listening, and this is what Peter says. He says in Acts 10, you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good. Do you see that? Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. That's who Jesus is. So let me give you uh, three things really quickly today that I think are gonna help us overflow with good that comes from Jesus. The first thing I think we have to do if we want to overflow with good is we have to prune to make room for good. We have to do some pruning. Just recently, um, I went into a season of pruning in my life and asked God to start pruning some things from my heart that needed to go. And so I spent three weeks um, a month or so ago with no entertainment. YouTube was hard to not have for a few weeks. The others weren't as hard, but, but no entertainment. Um, And it was a beautiful realization that I spend so much time watching little things here and there that that's so often what I default talk about is sports or what I watched the night before. Um, And so it was was definitely, um, yeah, this this point to prune to make room is very personal for me. Uh, For those of you that don't know what pruning is, any of you kids who are here and you're like, what does prune mean? I will show you now what pruning is. These are some pruning shears. Pruning is when you remove something, like a part of a tree or a plant, you prune it because it's not promoting the best growth. And if you wanna grow or you want a tree to have more fruit, you actually have to prune some of the tree away. If you have a vine that's gonna grow grapes, you actually have to prune some of that vine away so that it can grow more fruit. Um, And so today, I think we're gonna have to ask God to show us what it is that we need to prune, especially for those of us that aren't great gardeners of our own hearts. 
And I think sometimes it's hardest to prune the good things that aren't the greatest things. Man, they seem so good. Like I'm full of all these good things. I'm so busy and involved in all these church activities. Some of you actually need to prune some things that you have said yes to that you thought um, were gonna be great to serve the kingdom and yet you've taken on so many things you actually don't have room for the spirit to lead you because you are so busy doing. Um, I thought about how um, when a, a farmer maybe plants seeds, if you get too many seeds in too small of an area, it actually hinders growth for everything that's trying to grow in that place. Um, for, for, some of, uh, for some of us in this room, like maybe we do feel like we've, we've done everything we can to do as many good things as we can and we've actually gotten overly religious and we're not spirit-led. Maybe some of you have, have started to just force things or it feels so crowded and your life is so hectic. Even maybe your life here in, in church feels like it's very hectic and you have no space to actually bear fruit. But a full treasury of good comes from pruning to make room for more. John 15 is this beautiful passage about a gardener, our father, and Jesus, a vine, and he talks about pruning. Jesus says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Now, uh, I told you this before, I'm not a gardener. I know very little about it, but Misty and I bought our first home in Austin, Texas, and immediately became gardeners because we found out in our backyard we had a peach and a plum tree. And so, of course, when I saw uh, these two trees and had no clue what they were and our dogs were eating the rotten little fruit on the ground and getting sick, I had to go figure out what to do about it. And a sweet older gentleman in our church came to our house and said, ah, you have a peach and a plum tree. And I thought, oh, well, I'm gonna grow some peaches and plums next year. So the next year that they were about to spring, I called my aunt who worked in a peach orchard at the time, very convenient. And she said, Adam, if you want to try to grow peaches, because I mean, I'm talking like go out of my backyard, grab that off the tree and just like go for it. I was super pumped, y'all. So we water that thing, it starts growing and there's little buds. And she said, you have to go and this will take you forever and you do way more than you think and prune as many of those little buds before they can start uh, blossoming. And you need to trim some of those, those limbs back. So I, I go out there and I worked hard on these fruit trees that first year and it worked. Y'all, it grew these big peaches. They were way different than the year before. The plums were not so great, but the peaches looked really good. They grew pretty big. Like they looked great and everything. So um, we got out there, we were excited. And as soon as it was time to go pick these peaches, we picked them. We went inside. Uh, my sweet wife made me a peach pie. I was super excited. We took the first bite, spit it out through the rest of the pie away. It was disgusting. <laughs> the peaches were way too sour. They weren't that great. They, it probably needed a few more years of pruning and growing, uh, but I didn't have that kind of patience, so we just ignored it the next year. But <laughs> pruning did make a big difference in the fruit. Um, there's this preacher from the mid uh, to late 19th century named Dwight Moody that I love this quote that he says. Um, about making space. He said, I also believe that many a man is praying to God to fill him when he is already full with something else. Before we pray that God would fill us, I believe we ought to pray that he would empty us. There must be an emptying before there can be a filling. And when the heart is turned upside down and everything that is contrary to God is turned out, then the spirit will come.
So when the work of pruning and emptying is complete, then we will see Jesus, the vine, produce what we never could on our own. That's what his spirit will do in each of us. John 15, five, he says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. So the way to bearing good fruit is simply remaining in Jesus, our vine. So the next thing that will help us overflow with good fruit from Jesus, if you're taking notes, is this. We guard to keep out because the second that you have pruned and made room, guess who wants to fill that spot immediately with something else? The enemy. Yeah, you have an enemy, the devil, who is looking for every opportunity to fill every space in your life with something else to distract or numb or pull you away from what God has for you. And so um, the lies of the enemy are so easy to hear in our world today. And he, one of the lies that he uses in these moments is that he will convince you that the things you are filling your life with aren't actually affecting you. That you can listen to that, you can watch that, you can read that, and it will not affect you. And that's a lie from the enemy. My mom quoted this proverb maybe more than any other in our house. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart above all else. You see, one of the places I know parents start feeling helpless to guard their kids is in the schools that your kids spend so much time in. Uh, Just as a young parent that's been sending our kids through elementary school, we're about to send our oldest Ethan uh, to middle school. And man, there's just such an awareness that you can't guard your kids from everything. And they're hitting that age where you almost send them off and you just pray. You just pray protection over their hearts because you know they're gonna be exposed to things and hear things and see things. Even if you homeschool your kid and they go to the co-op, like you can only guard your kids against so many things in this world. And that's such a reality for parents. And yet, um, yeah, I had a, a mother who prayed and now I realize why she prayed so much as she put me on the school bus every day. Now, Um, I remember the very first year that I was on the school bus and now I know why my mom was praying so much. And that's because uh, there were some kids on the school bus that were very ready to make some deposits into my heart on the bus every day as we rode to school. That was evidenced one Sunday morning as we sat in church and we were on the second row right in the middle where our family sat and um, my sister took it on herself to get mints from my mom's purse. Anybody get a mint from mom's purse today or gum? Yes? So my older sister is sitting there and she's passing everything down the row to us, my, all the siblings, and to our friend's family to share the mints from mom's purse. However, I'm sitting here and she refuses to let me touch the mints and she won't give me one and she's being a mean big sister. And so I turned to her and I used one of my new bus words, but I said it very loudly and cussed in the middle of church. Everybody gasps around us and my mom turns and looks at me and whisper yells, when we get home. My mouth got washed out with soap. And I did not say that word again, but I did learn some other words from the bus. Um, here's, here's the deal. There are so many places where people are speaking cursing and evil in place of blessing. And you can't always guard your kid from being in those places. They're gonna hear and see those things. And students, you've already started to see as you've gotten older and older that you're going to places day in and day out in your lives where you're seeing or hearing cursing 
and evil spoken, not blessing. And yet our prayer for you as a next generation is that God would guard you and that you would start to see when things are coming at you that aren't good for your heart and you would be able to say, God, would your spirit please protect me as I go into these places? That's the prayer of your parents. It's the prayer of our church. It's the prayer of your next-gen ministers that God would actually be guarding your hearts from these things. And so I, I believe this next generation needs a strong view of the world the way God sees it. That when they enter these moments, they see what God wants them to see. This Christian worldview or this lens of viewing everything in the world as somebody who's following Christ will allow you to see and hear without losing the ability to say and do what Jesus would. That's what a Christian worldview does. All right, so the last thing here, of the three things that are gonna help us overflow with good fruit from Jesus. We prune to make room, we guard to keep out, and finally, we fill with what he gives. We fill our hearts with what he gives. Notice it says, not what we want. Not what we want. We receive from Jesus. You see, one of the blessings of remaining in him, as Jesus said, as our vine, is that we will eventually receive what he wants to fill us with, and we will bear good fruit. Those are words from Jesus that we will receive from him and we will bear good fruit if we remain in him. And that's the full treasury that we draw from in our lives. Just like Luke said, it's a full treasury either of good or of evil and that is what you're going to draw from. Uh, So one more quote from Moody. I'm gonna wrap it up here. Um, I love what he said about fruit bearing. He said, I never saw a fruit bearing Christian who was not a student of the Bible. So few grow because so few study. This summer at camp, we did something we've never done at camp since I've been here, which was students that went to camp, you remember this, how could you forget? We forced you to memorize scripture, whether you wanted to or not every day. Um, We realized that that was something we thought while they're away from distraction, while they're out here together in community, we are going to learn a memory verse every day from scripture. And we are gonna say that truth over and over and over and over. And it probably annoyed you a little bit, but we did it over and over again every day. From the time we woke up to the time we went to bed, we said the same verse over and over because we wanted to start being intentional to help our students realize they needed truth from scripture in so many moments in their life. And it was gonna be worth the effort that week even just to memorize a verse a day and have five verses they could hold on to as they leave. I'm thankful for a mother who did this that often quoted scripture. There's so many things that um, I say to this day at 40 years old that my mom said all the time in our house growing up. She didn't force me to sit down and write it on paper or anything. It just came from her. It came from her full treasury of good. Moms and dads, what a blessing for you to fill your hearts with good, with a treasury that Jesus wants to give you. He wants to fill you, so receive from him and let your future generations be blessed by that. Um, I thought this last week I heard um, somebody shared a thought about like the soundtrack of your life and kind of thinking, what's the soundtrack of your life? Maybe literally the music that you're listening to. Uh, Maybe it's uh, some of the TV shows you watch or the other things that you fill yourself with. What's the soundtrack of your life? The thing that's just kind of always playing in the background. I'll tell you this, as you think about your soundtrack, Jesus, Jesus doesn't want to fill you with a soundtrack of lyrics from T-Swifty. I know she's great and you guys love listening to her. That's not what Jesus wants to fill you with. 
Jesus doesn't want your soundtrack to be full of countless office quotes, Adam Herndon. Jesus doesn't want to fill you with anything of this world. (laughs) He wants to fill your heart with the good news about his kingdom. That's why he came and he preached about his kingdom and what it was like because he wanted you to know what it was like. Be filled with that kingdom and share that kingdom with every person you come into contact with. That's the soundtrack he wants you to be filled with. And he wants you to overflow with a hope that the world does not have and cannot offer, but you can because of Jesus. And he wants you to be filled with more and more of his Holy Spirit. This is how we begin to overflow with the goodness and the grace of Jesus. We prune to make room. We guard to keep out what isn't from Jesus. And then we ask him simply to fill us with whatever he wants to give us through his spirit. So I'm gonna ask my son Ethan to read um, a prayer from Paul. This is part of my prayer for you. So I'll begin my prayer for you with this. Um, And as he gets ready to read this, we're gonna sing a song in just a moment called Make Room. And I wanna encourage you during this next song uh, to, to really start asking God to prune some things maybe out of your life today. That today, whatever you normally go do on a Sunday to fill yourself, that you would think, God, is that what you want to fill me with today? Am I so full that I actually need to prune something and make more room for you? Maybe this week, as you think of the week ahead, God, what do you want to start pruning out of my life this week so that I can start being filled with more of you? So I'm gonna ask you to stand. Um, as Ethan gets ready to read this verse. And then as we sing this song in just a moment, um, I'd invite you to come forward if, if you want prayer. Uh, our shepherds and prayer team are gonna come down here during this song. And if, if you want prayer uh, and you know right now, like, God, I need you to help prune some things out of my life. They're gonna pray over you. If you need to be filled with something, if you need a prayer protection and guarding over your heart or your kids' hearts, would you come down and let this prayer team pray over you today? So Ethan's gonna read this. Then I'm gonna pray and we're gonna worship. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. Yes. So Father, we pray as, uh, as you are our source of hope and you give the Holy Spirit, that today your Holy Spirit would start a work in us that would change us forever, that we would be people that can remember the moments where we said, God, I will prune some things and give some things up for something better from you. So God, uh, for everybody in this room that needs to receive from Jesus, will we not refuse that invitation from you today? Would we have open hearts as we worship to be pruned, to bear more fruit, to even trust you to to guard us in our hearts in the moments the enemy wants to come and speak lies or fill our lives with other things. And God, would you continue to give us what you want us to receive? We open our hearts to you as we worship today in the name of Jesus, amen.